Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. to another episode of the Roto World Football Podcast. As you know, it is the most important podcast in the universe. My name is Josh Norris. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Before I get any further, if you enjoy this episode for any second, moment, millisecond, hit that subscribe button. I really, really do appreciate it. We'll be back on Tuesday. We'll be back on Thursday and Friday moving forward. Uh, also, Roto World Live. We'll at least have it for one more week. I think for two more weeks. That's Sunday's live show with the most of the Roto World football crew. Um, it's at noon Eastern on Roto World's fo- uh, YouTube page. And be sure to check it out. I mean, it's the first round of your fantasy playoffs. We want to help you out as much as possible. Later on, I'll have Roto Pat joining me. It's a good segment. You should stick around. Uh, we get into favorite Christmas toys. We also get into guys like Russell Wilson, Joe Mixon, Tariq Cohen, so on and so forth. So it should be a good one. But up first, it is Evan Silva. Evan, as you know, writes the matchups column on Roto World. Let's start with someone that's an interesting name that we wouldn't have expected to talk about uh, in week 14, and that is rookie running back, I guess, Jalen Samuels for the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's not much you can go on from the previous stuff, Evan, so how, how can we try to piece together what he's going to look like this week in a pivotal week for fantasy players? He's a very, very interesting fantasy commodity. And that's how you have to view him because there are a bunch of leagues, I know, uh, on Yahoo specifically, and most, or I wouldn't say most, but maybe, I don't know, 40%, 30% of people play their season-long leagues on Yahoo. He is tight end eligible on Yahoo. Okay. Now, if you, if you played fantasy football for a long time and you understand the advantages that can be gained by being able to play players out of position at at positions that are difficult to find fantasy starters, but they actually play positions on the field where it's easy to or relatively easy to find fantasy starters. It's a massive advantage. And there are a lot of season long leagues where you can play Jalen Samuels at tight end. And this is a dude who is going to get or that I have projected for nine to 12 carries and four to six targets. And a guy like George Kittle, who is awesome, like everyone knows that we love George Kittle. We've loved him from day one, (laughs) you know, like, I mean, like literally like we started the hype train 
on George Kittle, I believe. Jalen Samuels is a better fantasy start than George Kittle if you can use Jalen Samuels at tight end in week 14. I also believe that he's a better fantasy start than um, Rob Gronkowski in week 14. Wow. If I was going to rank the tight end straight up, one through six, for week 14, and Jalen Samuels is in your league and he is tight end eligible and you have him on your roster, number one is Travis Kelsey. Okay, at home against the Ravens. Uh, number two is Zach Ertz against the Cowboys, who he shredded for 14, 145, and two in week 10. Okay. Number three is Eric Ebron, yep. who had 16 targets last week. And when Jack Doyle has been out, averages over 10 targets per game and is now facing this Texans defense that has been the worst in the NFL at guarding tight ends. Jeff Hoyerman crushed him. Jordan Reed had his best game against them. You know, Matt Lacoste had a 44-yard catch against them. Like, they have, they just, tight ends just crushed the Texans week in and week out. So that's my top three. Now we are going down to, I'd say that's probably the first tier. We're going to move down, and all these guys are great plays. You know, like, I'm not trying to pretend that these guys are not good plays. But the next tier, I think, is Jalen Samuels at the top of the tier. With that 9 to 12 carry projection and 4 to 6 target projection against the Raiders, who, you know, obviously have one of the worst defenses in the league. And then George Kittle, who has a 7 to, I would say, a 6 to 9 target projection uh, with Nick Mullins at quarterback. And he's been steady. He's been steady. He's not going to get any carries, obviously, you know, but he's going to get a decent amount of targets. His matchup is okay against Denver. Denver has given up the uh, fifth most uh, receiving yards per game to opposing tight ends. So his matchup is good. Uh, And then after that, it's Gronk, who has a very good matchup, you know, plays with a Hall of Fame quarterback, is a Hall of Fame player himself, but obviously has not been well short of 100% and hasn't had a lot of big games. So is there anything there that you would disagree with me about? No, and I kind of want to isolate Jalen Samuel's talent here for a second, Evan, because even coming out of NC State, he wasn't really a true running back there. I mean, they had Naheem Hines, and they ran a lot of in-space stuff, right? Um, There he was more of an H-back, tight end, move guy. Uh, And that's why he, I believe, was a tight end that worked out at the Combine, and that's almost certainly why he has tight end eligibility on Yahoo. Um, he He was a... 77 percentile athlete coming out of school and i do think evan he is most comfortable as a receiver but you know i always go back and watch these press conferences immediately after the draft and they viewed him the steelers as a running back um again we don't have a bulk load of carries here and and exposures to that with jalen samuels but evan there's like a staple of the the steelers passing game when, when, when things are taken up down the field you can dump it off to whether it was Le'Veon bell whether it's James Conner, and whether in this case it'll be Jalen Samuels. And I think that that's where he will get the majority of his points and perhaps thrive in this one. And I'm excited to see him in that situation. Yeah, and I also think that there is a fallout effect from having Jalen Samuels as your lead back, not having a traditional running back as your lead back, like James Conner, who's just a plug-and-play for Le'Veon Bell. And it's that we may see 50 pass attempts, from Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. So let's let's fire Ben Roethlisberger. Let's fire Juju. Let's fire AB. Let's fire Vance McDonald. 
You know, I think that Vance McDonald is a guy that kind of gets lost in the mix. He has massive upside against the Raiders. Raiders have allowed the most fantasy points in the league uh, per game to tight ends. We saw what Travis Kelsey did against them last week. We saw Demetrius Harris have a big game against them last week. Was actually their number, the Chiefs' number two receiver. Uh, but yeah, let's let's move on. I think that for for me, Jalen Samuels again is a top four tight end play if you can use him in that capacity. And then if you can use him as a running back only, that's fine. I still think he's a good play. Low end RB two, high end flex play. Let's move on to another running back who, again, we weren't expecting to be relevant in Week 14. Evan, that is Justin Jackson. Uh, we know he's a Matt Waldman favorite, and we know he was kind of the spark that led the Chargers to victory last week in the second half after being out-touched in the first half. He basically doubled Austin Eckler's production in the second half. Uh, what have you seen from Justin Jackson? Are you optimistic about his week this week? Big fan of Justin Jackson. Um, first of all, set every record. We should mention about Jalen Samuels. He set the all-time record for most receptions by any player in NC State history. Justin Jackson set every record in the Northwestern record books. He was a, a starter as a, a true freshman, started all four years, only six foot 199. And one of the issues that I think that scouts had about him was that he was not necessarily, you know, a Chris Johnson type, and he, he is the exact same build as Chris Johnson. But he's not necessarily, you know, a big-time speedster. He ran four or five flat. Uh, and uh, he's a very good athlete, but he's not a great, you know, explosive athlete. And um, when we saw him last week, though, when you see him compared to Austin Eckler, he almost looks like a power back. Uh, Austin Eckler really struggled in that Sunday night game. I'm not sure if you caught it, Josh. But it was very disappointing to see the way that Austin Eckler played. Like, we know that Austin Eckler is a good player. We know that. But he struggled in the feature back role. And that's really, you know, the second time that that's happened. Uh, and then uh, uh, Anthony Lynn this week came out and said, hey, you know, Justin Jackson earned more carries. We need to scale back Austin Eckler a little bit. Might even get uh, our, our dude that was um, – uh, uh, Detrez Newsom, our dude that was good in uh, the preseason, you know, he's a 230 pound true power back. Might need to get him more carries. But this is a game that the Chargers can control. The Chargers should be able to control this. They're two touchdown home favorites against Jeff Driscoll right. without AJ Green. <laughs> I mean, the Bengals are in a very bad position here. It's I think it's fire the cannons on uh, Chargers defense. And I think it's fire the cannons on Justin Jackson. And I also think uh, that you can use those two guys together as a correlation play in daily fantasy. I looked on FanDuel this week. Justin Jackson is minimum price, 4500 You know, if you get 14 touches out of him and he had nine last week and Anthony Lynn says he's going to get more and he deserves more, uh, He, I think he ends up crushing that price. And it's not just – you know, the Bengals offense most likely not being able to do anything. It's also their defense has been absolutely atrocious, right? And whoever gets the most carries out of the backfield, even if, you know, Justin Jackson gets 12 touches, he can turn that into double digits pretty easily, right? So I, I, I think that's what we're super excited about here. Evan, I also have a question for you. Um, how do you sleep at night? Would you call yourself a, a good sleeper? Uh, during football season, it's bad. Yeah. Maybe part of that, Evan. Perhaps part of that is you might need a new mattress. 
So that's why I am here to tell you about Purple Mattress. Yes, Purple Mattress is a new sponsor. The reason I can't sleep very well is because my dog hops on my bed at like five o'clock in the morning and he's basically an anchor that holds the sheet down and everything. I'm not sure if Purple Mattress can do anything about that, but in the meantime, before that, they can help me sleep easier. Purple Mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced because it uses this brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist, not some fake expert rocket scientists out there that you might find on the street no it was a real one it's not like memory foam um it's different the purple material feels very unique because it's both firm and soft at the same time two great things so it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable plus it's breathable so it sleeps cool evan i'm here to tell you that purple matches 100 night risk free trial so you can try it out for 99 days and send it back if you're not fully satisfied you can return your matches for a full refund Backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping, and returns as well. You're going to love Purple. And right now, my friends, you get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. Lots of peas in this read. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. And this is how you do it. Just text ROTO, R-O-T-O, to 474747. Again, the only way to get a free pillow is if you text ROTO to 474747. That's three John Lynch's, I believe. Evan, let's close it out with Josh Allen. Has Josh Allen shown you anything different than what he showed us coming out of college? The answer, Josh, is yes. Do you know in what capacity? Um, no. It's in terms of uh, being a plus yardage scrambler. If you go back and watch Josh Allen, you know, you can tell that he's a very good athlete. And, all, and that shows up in all of his metrics, you know, from the combine. He's a spark freak, et cetera, et cetera. But he really wasn't a very good scrambler when he was at Wyoming. And, like, he wasn't a, a plus yardage rusher. He would, you know, run a lot behind the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. and, you know, try to bail himself out. And he still does that uh, in Buffalo a lot. But, you know, in the NFL, like, I think I would guess that teams are a little bit less prepared for it. They're running downfield, trying to cover Robert Foster. They're trying to cover, you know, Charles Clay. They're trying to cover Chase, uh, Zay Jones. And he's got a lot of free access, like constantly free access. And maybe defenses will adjust to that eventually. But this is a guy who his final season at Wyoming, he ran for 204 yards in 12 games. And he has run for 240 yards over the last two NFL games. I like it. So, and we also, we do have to adjust because in college football, I believe that sacks, like sack, like lost yardage for sacks is countered against you. Is that correct for, for rushing? Is that correct? What is it in the NFL? In the NFL, it is, um, that's countered against your passing yardage. Okay. Then I believe it's rushing in college. Yeah. And so that's not going to make that big of a difference, you know, to where it's 204 for an entire season versus 240 for two games, but you know, it certainly is a factor to some extent. It probably cost him, I don't know, you know, one or 200 yards over the course of his uh, final season at Wyoming. But uh, I mean, at the end of the day, like the point is that he's become a much more effective scrambler in the NFL than he was in college. And he has been, or so he's played six games start to finish so far as a, as a rookie. And he has been a top five fantasy quarterback in three of them, which that's more top five fantasy finishes than Tom Brady has had. That's more top five fantasy finishes than 
um, Philip Rivers has had. It's more than Ben Roethlisberger has had, although Ben Roethlisberger has had multiple top seven finishes as well. So that's not as fair of a cutoff. But, you know, it's it just goes to show you that Josh Allen has this monster upside. Mm-hmm. He's also, but he's been a very boomer bust fantasy producer, which I think is very fitting because he's a very boomer bust guy on the field. Uh, he has had three top five fantasy finishes out of six full games, but he's also been the quarterback 26 or worse in the other three. So you know what you're getting into with Josh Allen. And, you know, is he going to be able to continue it against the Jets? Is he going to have one of these high-end outputs? I tend to, tend to think so. If you remember back to that, um, was it week nine or week 10, Matt Barkley just lit up the Jets. And that was in a game that was in the Meadowlands. This game is in Buffalo. The Jets are a perfect sitting duck for quarterbacks that are mobile because they blitz a lot and they play a lot of man coverage. So when you're playing man, your guys are running down the field with the receivers, and that's a perfect opportunity for Josh Allen to scoot out there and rip a huge run, and he's hard to tackle. Yeah, what's interesting to me, Evan, is in many ways his game, and you mentioned some differences, his game is similar to what it was in college, but it's like a one-to-one like copy in that he is still this pedal to the floor player who can you know look down the field and really throw the ball down the field maybe not accurately but it's a, certainly a strong arm he can hit some rope throws but he also has this athleticism that makes him look more athlete than quarterback at times um, I'm just amazed like you just said that it is this effective at this level so far and maybe it's something and I think you alluded to this like maybe defenses catch up to it in some way but Maybe they don't, you know, at least that maybe they won't the rest of the season. And if that's the case, we will see possibly more top five weeks because we know rushing scores are uh, and, and rushing numbers are, are fantastic for, for the quarterback position. So it's 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 been really interesting to watch him. Um, yeah. and, and if we see any progression as like an inside of structure player, I think that's what you hang your hat on moving forward, because I think you have him. Uh, with this outside of structure, uh, big playability, whenever you want it moving forward. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. And, you know, at the end of the day, I actually agree with you that I don't think he's a different player than he was from the guy that we saw in college. I don't. But I do think that he has been just so much more productive as yeah. a runner in the pros. And look, at the, you know, we are, as fantasy football analysts, that's what we care about right now. We're not talking about whether the guy's a franchise quarterback. You know, the jury is still very much out on that. You know, can this succeed over the long haul? Um, we really have not seen this succeed where a guy just, I mean, he's, you know, he's averaging 14 completions per, per full game play. You know, like that's, we, we haven't seen that, you know. But we do know that in the moment right now, He's a very viable fantasy play in both DFS. I mean, hey, if you were playing him in DFS the last two weeks at his cost, like you were crushing. Yep. You know, and we, ta- and we I talked about him last week in my column as a potential DFS play, and a bunch of people did play him. They were like, you know, thanks, Evan, because, you know, I played him at this very cheap cost, and he crushed. Mm-hmm. Now his price is up a little bit this week. He's to the Baker Mayfield you know, the Baker Mayfield, um, who else is in that range? Jameis Winston is in that range. You know, can you play him, you know, in, in good faith against the, you know, over those guys? It's a fair question. It's something that 
at the end of the week, like the people that got that that conundrum right, those guys are going to be the, the guys who made money. And the people who got it wrong, they lost money. Okay, Evan. Thanks so much, dude. Later on, we have Roto Pat in just a second, again, to hit on his rankings um, and some other fun topics. So stick with us. We'll talk to you all soon. My friends, I need to tell you all about Draft.com. Every single week, I sit here in this chair attached to this desk that is in 700 square feet on the train tracks in Connecticut and tell you about Draft.com. It's a beautiful place. And if you go over to Draft.com slash RotoWorld or download the app on Google Play or the App Store and enter promo code ROTOWORLD, you get a free $3 entry. You know what? I think more free things in life is better. And so that's what we're trying to do here for you. What is different about Draft than other DFS platforms is that on Draft, you just get to draft a lineup and then set it and forget it. That's it. It's a quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, slash tight ends. You can turn that $3 into $16 if you just win a six-person tournament. It is that simple. Again, go over to draft.com slash RotoWorld or download the app, type in RotoWorld, and you get a free $3 entry with your first deposit. So enjoy. All right. It is time for... Roto Pat Patrick Doherty he has his rankings up and he also joins me every Sunday for Roto World Live Pat just a quick question to start off with is Roto Patricia old enough to want things for Christmas um well she went to see Santa earlier this week and I asked her uh, what she was going to ask Santa or tell Santa like if she wanted anything and then she said that she did but she just said she just wanted Santa to play uh, play with her so uh, she doesn't really understand yet that she could cash this in for like some big gifts. Like she just Correct. wanted to like, I don't know, like play hide and seek with Santa. So at least what I would do is the Toys R Us magazine would come in the mail, RIP. And all I would do would be like circle things that I wanted. And at that age, though, if you got like one toy, you thought it was the most memorable thing ever. But now toys are what you would know better than I am. Like I would nine dollars, twelve dollars. Something like that, like just little Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle or Power Ranger action figures. They can't be that expensive. No, are you saying it's a golden age of toys is what you're saying? Well, what I'm saying is back then, like, oh, this thing that I've wanted, I can play with it forever. Meanwhile, like if you buy anything for people our age, it's like hundreds of dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you get so much enjoyment out of this little thing that's nine or twelve dollars. And if you got one, you thought like, oh, my gosh, what a gift. Yeah, but so like, you're saying so if you got like one, so many of those things, like right? one little Thomas the Tank Engine train, you'd be happy for like two years, like I right. was. Thomas the Tank Engine or Batman, the two goats. Yeah, um, it was it was Power Rangers and it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Remember Spin Fighters? Spin Fighters. Transformers. I had Power Rangers Spin Fighters. Maybe you don't know. I'm sure we'll have some podcast mm-hmm. listeners who will tweet at us about Spin Fighters. Uh, another lost goat. Uh, was that amazing. was that when you like squeeze the legs and it spins? No, it was like this little thing. You'd like load these like spinny tops into like the shooter thing and you'd press a button and it would just shoot it out like a really violent spinning top basically. Hmm. And then you would fight them against someone else's spin fighters. There was a lot of skill in it, as you can probably guess from the way I'm describing it. Um, I was a big fan of Transformers too. Big Transformers fan. Beast Wars, all that good stuff. Uh, and yeah, tweet us, tweet me and Pat if, if any toys come to mind during this discussion. All right, let's keep it going, Pat. Your rankings are up. I like to pick on them just a little bit each and every Friday because I'm a horrible person on the inside. Let's start <laughs> with Russell Wilson at quarterback 16. Pat, the reason I want to bring this up, it's not like I think you have him too high or too low. 
It's because Russell Wilson is is the a top 10 quarterback, depending on your scoring, all season long, right? I know he's been super efficient with the lack of volume, and he's thrown touchdowns despite that lack of volume. But here, I think this is the right way to start this discussion. Here we are, first round of the playoffs. Is it really going to be easy for someone to take your advice and move on from Russell Wilson when they've stuck with him basically all season long? I mean, I think it should be. Quarterback's very deep right now with all 32 teams playing. Uh, you know, quarterback's always deep, but it seems like kind of an especially deep year at the position. You got Lamar Jackson as kind of a late-season reinforcement. You got Mitchell Trubisky back. You have Baker Mayfield playing better. So it's just a very deep week. And, you know, we keep saying that Russell is going to regress. Uh, he can't possibly keep being this efficient. And then he has four his first four-touchdown game of the season on 17 attempts last week. Uh like when you think he has run out of ways to troll fantasy analysts, uh, he outdoes himself. But it's just, I mean, you know the same, you're going to know the same stats. I'm going to say it's just too difficult. I mean, I read, you know, our good friend, Rich Rebar, have you ever heard of him? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the worksheet, uh, he said there's only been two team, the Vikings only twice all year. They've given up only two multi-touchdown performances all year. So like he's facing one of the most elite yep. pass defenses in the NFL. The Vikings just shut down. Uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in back-to-back weeks, you know, both kind of been in slumps, but still shut down two of the greatest players in NFL history in back-to-back weeks. And it was just a very, very tough matchup for against a team that in the Seahawks, who despite how efficient Russell Wilson has been, you know, Seahawks still, they don't even want to throw. So just kind of all conspiring to, you know, maybe he'll keep up this absurd, this absurd efficiency, but I, d- I just don't see how you could have Russell Wilson ranked as anything other than kind of a, a risky mid-range QB2. You also mentioned Rich Rebar, so I need to note that this basically comes from the worksheet directly. Um, we're going to talk about Joe Mixon because you have him as running back 13. Pat, my first question to you is this. Do you think the Chargers at home as 14-point favorites are going to beat the Cincinnati Bengals? Um, it would be very Chargers not to, wouldn't it? But I do. Okay. Uh, I, do th- I do think they will. The reason I ask that is because this, again, comes from the worksheet. Joe Mixon averages 16 touches for 87 yards in Cincinnati losses, as opposed to almost 24 touches for 122 yards per game in wins. And that was a lot of time attached to Andy Dalton as well. So, Pat, to me, having Joe Mixon as running back 13 is really elevating what we can expect from him in this offense that isn't as bad as our defense because our defense is probably the worst in the league right now. I mean, even 87 yards most of the time will have you as an upper end RB2. So that actually wasn't that like scary of a stat to me. Uh, if you're right. trying to like terrify no me, and frighten, Got it. you're trying to frighten me out of my ranking. But uh, yeah, th- this this is already a hedge. I mean, he's been he's averaging he's averaged he's hitting so many big plays this year. He's averaged over five and a half yards per carry. I think four of his past five games. Uh, you know, has been coming off the field in negative game flow the past few weeks. Maybe they like uh, Giovanni Bernard's pass protection more you know, with the inexperienced quarterback. According to Pro Football Focus, at least, Joe Mixon had a rough game in pass protection last week. So that is a risk, but he's just there's only so far you can hedge elite players, and Joe Mixon's been an elite player for a lot of the season. And you kind of look at the players he's up against. I mean, do I, am I going to have Gus Edwards ahead of him, who, has, who literally has not caught a pass all year? Am um, I going to have Mark Ingram ahead of him? He was always very volatile in his timeshare with uh, Alvin Kamara. Am I going to have Dalvin Cook ahead of him, who uh, has had has even had a good game? Can you say Dalvin Cook's had a good game this year? I guess he has. Am I going to have Jeffrey Wilson, who I had not heard of two weeks ago? So it's just kind of like how far can you really plunge a talent like Joe Mixon? And hmm. he said, uh, if you, but 87, I would take maybe 87 yards, maybe a good touchdown from old Joe there. So 
to me, I already hedged Joe. Maybe you want him to hedge him, hedge him more. But uh, yeah, that, 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 those are my Joe Mixon feelings. Pat, I'll go one further. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about is, is um, Tariq Cohen as running back 21 for you. And I would say, and we can have our friendly handshake agreement here, like we did a few weeks ago, that I think Tariq Cohen will outscore Joe Mixon. I think in the situation that we're in against the well, the Chicago Bears versus the LA Rams, this team will be trying to chase points as much as possible if they are a negative game script. I also think Jordan Howard has looked awful, and that in three of the last four games, the Rams have given up a receiving touchdown to running backs. And so if we think one of those is going to go to the Bears running backs, I think it's Tariq Cohen. And Pat, despite maybe the volume of, what, like 13 touches a game, he's kind of been steady and been mostly above running back 17 each and every week. If we're talking about game flow, you know, the Rams are back on the road. They're, they're one week removed from having the Detroit Lions uh, dictate the pace of the game to them. So it's not like I'm taking it for granted that the Rams are going to be kind of setting the tone in Chicago and the Bears are going to be playing from behind the entire game, especially if they're starting quarterback back this week. Uh, Treat Cohen is 156 receiving yards last week or the fourth most by a running back uh, this century. Uh, the Rams have allowed, according again to our friend Rich Rebar, three passing touchdowns to running backs in their past four games. But on the season, the Rams have been actually one of the stingiest teams in the league at allowing uh, running back receiving yardage. Uh, I agree with you. I mean, I think this is going to be a good way for the uh, the Bears to kind of try to neutralize the Rams' pressure the classic way, especially a smart guy like Matt Nagy uh, with passes and dump offs to Tariq Cohen. But it's kind of another thing. At the end of the day, there's just only so high you can rank like a Darren Sproles type player. And what does he have? Like 250 rushing yards all year. So when you have a guy who's like essentially a receiver, uh, like you know, a much better theoretic, but still kind of like a theoretic type player. To me, there's just only so high you can put a guy like that where you can't count on goal line carries. You can't count necessarily on like 15 to 20 touches, which is usually to me where you need to be to really be in the RB2 mix. And uh, maybe he's going to get some high quality reception, uh, some high quality looks through the air. But yeah, there's, to me, there's just only so high you can put a player like Tariq Cohen, especially in a week where you know we have a full player universe, all 32 teams playing. How do you think that game's going to play out? I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but um, it is an interesting one where the Rams were fantastic against the Chiefs, then went on a bye, then basically were dud against the Lions in many. Uh, regards in how many drives and now they face one of the best defenses if not the best in the Chicago Bears I can't remember what the over under is but I think I actually would bet the under Jared Goff is still Jared Goff still even in here in year three has kind of shown a tendency to get flustered by kind of veteran defensive coordinators and the Lions defense has been pretty shaky all year but Matt Patricia has actually kind of flummoxed most of the young quarterbacks he's faced and he did that with Goff last week and I certainly like Vic Fangio uh, more than I like Matt Patricia's defense this year. And the game's in Chicago. The Bears, uh, they've had just very little let up all year, regardless of opponent. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I guess I'll probably pick the Rams, but I'm, I'm expecting a very close, tight game and probably one. I'm, I'm going to bet the under, Josh. Yeah, what, what I'm seeing right now is the spread is the Rams are favored by three on the road. So well, that seems fair to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a 52 over under, if I'm doing the math correctly, something like that. Still pretty high. Still yeah, pretty high. Still pretty high. All right, Pat. Thanks so much. This was a quick one, but that happens sometimes, especially in week 14. Good luck to all of you out there. Check out Pat's rankings. Check out Evan's matchups. Hopefully you win your week 14 matchup. And even if you do not, we'll be back here um, next week on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday to give you some free entertainment. Free entertainment, ladies and gentlemen. 
We'll talk to you all soon. See ya. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.